Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever mini episode of Reboot Already Underway. Uh, I am your host, Jacob Lacey, joined again today, as always, by Aaron Hahn. Hello. But not by David, unfortunately. I, he refuses to see La La Land. Uh, listen to the podcast on Thursday, and you'll you'll see why. It's... <sighs> He really Aziz's my Ansari, Aaron. You know, what? it's like Russell my Jimmy's, but you know, but with it, never mind. It's uh, no, it's, it's nothing like that. It's a joke. <laughs> um, guys, today, uh, if you listen, well, obviously this is coming out first. I, I can't even get my timeline straight, Aaron. What is wrong with me? Um, we're going to be talking about La La Land today, uh, spoilers and all. Uh, but Aaron. Do we want to give a few short thoughts for anyone who might have clicked this and is debating on whether to see La La Land or not? Why would they click on this? That's if they, if they don't already <laughs> know if they want to see the movie or not. You know what? That's a great point. But I will say, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Agreed. Uh, it's both of our favorite movies of the both of our favorite movie of the year that we agree on that of 2016 which is awesome i was thinking i might have oversold it a bit uh because you know it's always one of those things where like i'm gonna come in say this movie's great this movie's amazing and i was gonna be like it's all right uh, i like it a little bit um i mean i definitely think i'm i i think i'm still less enthusiastic about it like even though it's the same top placement i think i'm still like, you seem to think it's, like, far away, you know, like, super far above the rest of your list. Like, yeah. it blows the rest of them out of the water. Well, yeah. I'm just kind of like, you know, the witch could possibly, if I if I mold this over, the witch might be able to overtake it. You know, I'd honestly be okay with that, because I cannot explain, like, exactly why this movie touches me the way it does. So I guess maybe we should get into spoilers now. Uh, so, let's, let's just start at the beginning of the film. Uh, that opening sequence, Aaron, mm-hmm. Aaron, Ooh, yep. that opening number. I mean, I've talked about this more than you have on the podcast, so if you want to lead these conversations, um, go for I it. Mean, go for it. You, you, <laughs> you're the one that wanted to start here, so I'm just gonna... Well, okay, alright, um... So I, I said on the podcast when, when I had first seen this film that halfway through this opening number, just tears, just started crying. And I was like, man, that was really weird. I was like, I chalked it up. Maybe it was just because, you know, it was the day Carrie Fisher died. I was very emotional on that day to begin with. Um, but uh, every time I've listened to it since, tears every time. Like, there's just one line um, and it's the, ah, gosh, now I can't even think of what it is. It's not like any one specific line, but it's just that musical swell in the middle before that first chorus, I think is mostly what gets me. And I don't exactly know why it, it's just so utterly gorgeous. Like this film is so breathtaking. Um, it's, I think the way I described it is that it's overwhelming, <laughs> like that this is a movie that got made, like, my emotions are just so 
flowing by that point that I'm like, this is a movie that got made and I cannot believe it. And it's just like, it's cathartic in a way. Um, so yeah, I don't know what, anything to say on that. Well, I mean, like, as I was telling you, like when I first, when I saw the movie, I was like, in, in this opening number, I was like, you know, this is, I was just completely fixated on the cinematography and the choreography fantastic the and then but and so it wasn't really until because i bought the soundtrack immediately after yeah you know seeing this movie i was just like yep I'm, I'm, i need that yeah and yeah. when i re-listened to it then it was then when i like when i could actually like hear the lyrics yes i was like this is probably the best song of the entire film because like the lyrics just perfectly encapsulate the entire theme yeah. and plot of the film it's very close to the best song in my opinion i there's one that we'll talk about later that i think is probably better but this is very close this is the one i definitely listen to the most of them all i mean it's i think it's the catchiest especially yeah. you know like that that opening kind of yeah it gets stuck in your head oh god it's so good <laughs> um yeah just um yeah, it, it's just a perfect way to lead into this film with its themes, with even themes musically and uh, story-wise. Uh, there are some themes that reappear throughout the film here. And also just kind of like perfectly capturing the L.A. environment. Yes. You know, by having this be this traffic jam. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, God... I know it's not actually one continuous shot. It's I believe I read that it was three uh, that are like sneakily cut together. Um, but even still, that's just such a testament to the prowess of the cinematographer whose name escapes me right now, but now I need to look it up. And to Damien Chazelle, uh, the director, um, just what they went for there. And it's fantastic. It's like I said, it, it's just emotionally powerful in a way that's hard to explain, but just because it's so utterly beautiful in every way, it's it's fantastic. Um, I'm going to look up the cinematographer real quick. Uh, anything else to say about this one? About the opening number? Yeah. I mean, I think we pretty much pretty much said it all. I just, like, like you said, the cinematography is just incredible, just, you know, like watching him maneuver between like all these various cars and stages of this dance sequence and i was i was just you know completely impressed by you know just the technical aspects of this scene yeah and then when i listened to the song later i was like this is a really good song as well mm-hmm. uh linus sangren who also was the cinematographer for american hustle and joy so he, he's right. done a couple uh high budget not high budget, but uh, high uh, Oscar films. Even though Joy wasn't good, I mean, she still got it was a nomination. Intended to be an Oscar film. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's just you want to just move through the songs right now. I mean, sure. that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, gosh, no, I can't even remember. Someone in the crowd is the next one. Um, which again, it, it's a nice introduction to emma stone's character uh again an introduction to themes and uh it's a it's a flash forward 
to where someone in the crowd of her play was all she needed. There was just that one person there that needed to be there. And uh, I don't know. What, what do you have to say about this one? I'll think more about I mean, it in a second. I think here. this is definitely one of the weaker songs. I think it's a bit like... It, it the melody seems a bit too similar to uh, another day in the sun. Another day of I sun, think. but yeah, yeah. What, okay, sure. I just wanted to make sure. Well, yeah, I don't want us. I don't want us to sound like we don't know what we're talking about because we obviously don't, Aaron, and we don't need to let them on to know this. All right, <laughs> like we need to pretend as well as possible. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I don't think it was one of the the highlights of the film, certainly, but you know, it's still pretty good. I do like the. Uh, the, the one part towards the end when they're, like, actually at the party and then you're just Oh, like... God, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I honestly disagree. I don't think this is the weakest one of the film. I think there's one that everyone loves that I'm like, I like it a lot. I don't know that I would give it as much credit as everyone else gives it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I like it. I like the the... the this is going to sound... I don't know if I'm the only one who noticed this. I'm obviously not. Why am I saying this? <laughs> no. Um, the different... Each one of her friends and then her has like a different colored dress and just like they're all primary colors and they all work together really well. I mean, green's obviously not a primary color, but it is for film or whatever. I don't know. I, Technical I, I, stuff. <laughs> yeah, because like the, those are the four colors that they use. To... Yeah. Yep. And there, this my only problem with this scene, there's one shot in the trailer that is, I really wanted to see in this movie, but it's not in it, and I don't even know how to describe it. It's, uh, it's when, like, the, her three friends are leaving the, uh, building, and they do, like, some cool move, and I'm like, that's awesome, and it's not actually in the movie, and I'm just kind of like, uh, it's such a weird nitpick. <laughs> it's you're, so you're like weird. You're David with that Jason Bourne punch all over. <laughs> but that one sounds like that's a problem. That's like a real problem. Like, why would you shoot it that way? Yeah, but it's still a nitpick. It is a nitpick, yeah. This is an even bigger nitpick because this is just one dance move that I'm like, that's a cool dance move. Never happens. Whatever. That's fine. Um, but yeah, that, that pool sequence... Um, especially once it just starts spinning, awesome. I'm like, this is great. Uh, ending on the fireworks, of course, and it's just a very, it's a very nice, uh, very nice moment. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, yeah, so moving on. Um, do we want to do the, uh, the non-lyrical pieces? I mean, we kind of have to talk about me and... No, so that's basically just the... We'll talk, like, about the score in general. We don't need to go okay. to each track individually. Uh, a Lovely Night. Love it. This is one that's, think... like... What? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think this is the one that's, like, most... It, it's the, it has the most uh, of a classic feeling. Yes. You know? Like, this is kind of, like, this is what the musicals were, you know, designed to do. Like, yeah. these kind of romantic duets. Yeah. Oh, man. Ah, I love this one so much. This is one... Like, I don't listen to it as often because there's not much to listen to lyrically, uh, but it's the choreography in this scene that is fantastic. Like, it's the one you see in every trailer where they're they're dancing and the cinematography is beautiful and, and the lighting, and it's just... As soon as, like, they, they're sitting on the bench and, you know, they're doing, like, the tap tap dancing stuff and then 
they get up and then like the music swells and it's all fast and stuff and they're like dancing around it's just it's so awesome like obviously i don't know much about dancing if you can't tell um but like i know when i'm impressed by it and this was one of those moments where i'm like I'm extremely impressed by this, so I can't say that often for dancing in movies. So it was a nice treat when that happened. So good. So all we got to say about that one? Sure. All right. Uh, then after that, come on, open up phone, please. Thank you. Uh, so City of Stars was the one that I think everyone's losing their mind over, and I'm like, I like City of Stars. It's not my favorite by any means. <laughs> like, there's. I don't know. Am, am I out of out of whack for saying I mean, that? I mean, it's not my favorite either, but I do think it's definitely one of the better songs of the film. Yeah, I mean, like, everything is good. That's the thing. Every song in this movie is good, so... It's picking the least favorite of your children. <sighs> sure, we'll go with that analogy. Um... But I like that it's it comes back. Like, the first time, it's like, okay, very nice little... <laughs> the bridge scene, as we all know. <laughs> um, and uh, that that scene's great. And then... But it's really when they're sitting at the piano singing. That's where I really like this song. Um, because there's... The take they go with in this scene... They mess up a few times, and, like, it's like, that's okay. Like, that's okay that they messed up. And she laughs it off, and they keep going, and it's like... It, it, it seems like that that really sold this relationship to me. I'm like, these people care about each other. They're, they're comfortable with one another. Um, they have chemistry, and that's just one of the better scenes uh, in the film, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do think I, I think what's great about this track though is that it's basically like their love theme that recurs yeah. throughout the entire film. So I think it's it does a wonderful job of capturing that emotion. And like you said, like that when they're actually singing it on the piano, you can see like. You're completely sold on the relationship. Like, yeah. I mean, it helps that uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling obviously have great chemistry together. So yeah. I I think the song is one of the more memorable ones, tracks. And that's, at, you know, it's like, it's it's one of the ones where you're just like, you're, you get it stuck in your head for a while afterwards. Okay. In my opinion. I mean, I, I, I haven't know. had that happen, but it's not the one I go to all the time. Um, that's one of those songs, it's the same thing with, uh, uh, A Lovely Night. Like, I like listening to it, but it's, when I listen to the soundtrack, I'm more listened to the orchestral pieces more. Like, I listen to the lyrical ones, but also, like, the thing about A Lovely Night, the thing about that scene, the piano scene, is that the visuals really help sell the song overall, too. Uh, so it's like, the visuals without, or the song without the visuals like it's not as good man like it's good but like the visuals are just that make it that much sure. more amazing i don't know uh then we got the start a fire song um uh we might have to get back to this though because i wanted to talk about that whole sequence and i don't know if i want to do it here or okay we can we can save that one overall it's a fine song 
it's a John Legend song. Like, okay. Uh, that's kind of the point, though. But um, And then we got uh, the final, like, lyrical song, uh, Audition the Fools Who Dream, which is, holy God, give Emma Stone the Oscar for this. Holy crap. Just, man. Man, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Man. I, this is the point, because, like, when I'm like, yeah, when I say I lose it at the other songs, it's just, like, a tear or two roll down. This is, like, the first time I saw this, visibly shaking. I was crying so much. And it's not like it's a super depressing song or anything, but it's just so emotionally powerful. It's this, it's the completion of this arc of this character that we've fallen in love with in the past hour and 40 minutes. And it's just so well done emma stones her vocals are of course great in it but also her facial acting in this is just like you believe every word she says like she's not emma stone in that scene she is mia and you're like dang son oh god it's so good okay you want to say something about it i kind of have more mixed feelings on this song just because like oh really i think the actual like refrain is like really powerful really inspiring especially when she like you know like gets really into it towards the end you know Mm -hmm. like she's like building up almost like this courage throughout and then when she like really sings out it's really powerful yeah but i also think like the rest of the lyrics are kind of i don't know they're not the best lyrics from the film because it's more just like the kind of song that's like it's telling a story so it's like, I don't know. Just the the lyrics aren't as like clever, I think, as the as some of the other songs. It's not as clever, but it's telling a story that in itself is like emotional and like just the yeah. I, the idea of like you know what, just do it. That kind of idea, like you know, go yeah. for it, just live. Kind of like her, because you hear about her aunt the whole movie. That's why she got into acting and all that. And then you hear, like, her connection to her and things that she taught her. And then you see that. Like, you think about back on it. And you're like, yeah, I can see the influence here and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. I, that's interesting, though. I have, I have not heard that about that, though. So I'm. it's an interesting thought. All right. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about it? Or are we going to move on to the film overall, I guess? Let's, Let's move on. I want to hear your start of fire. Uh, okay, well, so. this is something I actually, may, well, I definitely wanted to talk about while we were doing this because this is the one part of the film that I I, I need to like kind of like gauge your thoughts to kind of like see if you can, you know, work this out for me because I was really okay. when they got to that part when you get to like the when she goes to see them, uh, she goes to see. Sebastian and his band yes. in concert. Yes. It just it was a part of a movie that just didn't feel right for me, like to me. But I'm wondering if like that was the point I, or not. I think so. Honestly. Because like the like the thing is, like, obviously they, they have that kind of like setup where they're just like obviously Sebastian isn't uh sold on this style of music. He wants a more pure form of jazz. 
And mm-hmm. so this is supposed to be kind of like a, a, a wrong way to uh, portray this music. But at the same time, you know, getting John Legend to sing this track and obviously, you know, they kind of bring him just like, okay, this is going to be the hot single that everyone, you know, all the John Legend fans are going to come and they're going to want to buy this song. And that's how we can get more viewers to our film. So it's almost like it's not it's not supposed to be a bad song because it's supposed to be a song that people are going to want to buy. You know, okay. from a commercial standpoint, they actually want people to go out and seek this song. So it's, it's, it's in this weird position where it's like. I feel like they, the film is trying to kind of like it doesn't want this style of music, but at the same time, it almost feels like it. I don't agree. Does I don't know. I the way I look at it is John Legend's character is introduced as the way he's introduced. He's introduced as a sort of villain. I'm not saying like he is the villain, but like he is an antagonistic character at the introduction. But eventually you, like, I don't know, he, he's not. He's not a bad guy. He no. loves what he's doing. And I don't think that they're saying this music is bad. I think this is saying this is not for Sebastian. Like, he's not living, this is not what he wants out of his life. Even though it's what people do want. John Legend's happy with it. The other people in the band are happy with this music that they're doing. So I think that's, a, um, it's, it's less that... Like you said, they're not calling it a bad song. They're just saying this is far from what Sebastian wants to be doing at this point in his life. I mean, you know I, just, I just I don't like know. This, the se- it just like the sequence didn't really seem to fit in with the rest of the film because it's like it almost felt like the film was transforming into a music video at this this part. And you at a certain point, after like a couple minutes into this song, I'm just kind of like, wait, this doesn't seem to like fit in with the rest of the movie like i completely forgot about all the kind of classic hollywood musical feeling it used to have because it just felt like a completely different feeling it felt like it just didn't belong to me i can see that i can i can see that uh that argument i don't know that i there's, there's stuff like the fact that you know like as opposed to the other musical numbers this is a song that's well, it's it's you know it's the confusing thing about musicals. It's like, are people actually breaking out into song? Yeah, or is this just kind of like a figment of their imagination or something like that kind of thing? But like, this isn't actually a song that is happening in the real world. This is a concert that people are going to, like yeah. you would go to a concert in the real world. And so it just it it felt a lot different from the more dreamlike atmosphere of the other musical numbers, which also had like a classic dance sequence accompanying them, whereas this one felt like a music video to me. And it just, I don't know, it just didn't fit. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that argument. I personally didn't feel that way when I saw it. I was, it felt very much like a, this is not really the breaking point. This is the first real sign of tension between the two of them. Like, cause and then there's just, of course, the great shot where it's, like, spotlight on uh, on Mia and all the people are rushing to the stage and she's getting pushed further and further back. I'm like, that part was awesome. Is a little heavy-handed? Maybe. But it's still awesome. Um, but 
I just think there's great moments in that scene as well that even though like it's it's kind of the scene where uh Sebastian kind of starts lying to himself a little bit where like you see him on stage and he's playing his music and you kind of see a little bit of a smile and you know he's liking the attention and all that and then it's not until the later scene the dinner scene which is absolutely amazing um where she's like do you even like the music you're playing and he's like yeah i guess <laughs> like it's like one of those I, I think it's an important scene to have in there mm-hmm. i feel like you might be right maybe it does go on a bit too long maybe that is where you would need to cut that corner but i think overall it's important to the film like it needs to be there i think I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I understood what it meant in terms of, like, the, the character arcs and everything. Right, right. And that's why I was kind of, like, debating it, because I'm kind of just, like, maybe it's supposed to feel wrong, because it's supposed to feel wrong to her. She's like, this isn't what he's supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the... like, throughout the whole scene, you see her face, and she's like, right. this is a little weird. <laughs> like, something's not right. right. Yeah. But I just feel like since the film is obviously trying so hard to get us involved in this kind of like classic dreamlike atmosphere just to have this kind of break in the middle just it it felt completely out of place it's kind of just like hey remember all these great classic hollywood musicals you love and then suddenly you drop us in and it's like oh here's this modern song you should go out and buy and it just i don't know it felt weird okay yeah i i mean like i said i can see that i can see where you're coming from on that that's basically my only major complaint with the film. Yeah, I don't even know if it is a complaint at this point. That's why I wanted to kind of you know, yeah. You like, gotta it. You've got it. you've got me to start thinking about that now too. Cause now I'm gonna have to think about that. I don't know. Go see it again. I I really do want to go see it again. I I need to see a few movies first. I need to see Hidden Figures. I need to see Twentieth Century Women. And then, God, what's the other one? Fences. Those are the three that I need to see before I see La La Land again. <laughs> That's the way I'm marking it for myself. Um, uh, but yeah, maybe we'll talk about those movies later if they get nominated. I don't know. Um, where were we? Uh, oh, yeah, I want to talk. To to I want to talk about this, the dinner scene um, where where he comes home uh, from tour for like the night, and they, they it's their first real like big fallout. Um, man, what a great performance from both of them in this scene. Like, great dialogue, um, fantastically directed dialogue to where they're, like, talking over each other at times, but you can still hear and understand what they're saying. And just that, it feels, like, real the whole time. It's never, like, someone says something that's, like, you would never say that. And, like, even... Right, it's not, it's not, like, it's, like... It doesn't have one of those, like, classic movies, like, oh, here's a clever one-liner, like, here's something yeah. that's not something someone would come up with on the spot, but it's one of those things that, like, if you're able to spend hours and months or whatever making the screenplay, you're just like, well, here's something that's really clever to say. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's awesome. Right, it's in, the, it's in the moment. And that's where I've heard arguments where it's like, why would Ryan, got, why would Sebastian say that to her at the end? It's because he, I don't know, at this point, in that, at that point in that argument, you know, he just wants, it's not like a thought out thing. Like, he's just like, you know, maybe you like me better when I was down on my ass or whatever he says to her. Um, 
it's it's just such a it, go go. Were you gonna say something? Oh, I was just gonna say I just I thought I didn't have any problems with it at all. No, was, neither like, did really I. Really authentic human moment. Yeah, like I kind of saw it as just like he's kind of insecure about not knowing if he's ever going to make his dreams come true. So he's yeah. lashing out at her in a sense. Yeah, and that and like that's the thing about that. It never is like it's it's weird to think because in the end it they don't work out. Like, he, he never is just like, yeah, it's okay that he said this horrible thing to her. <laughs> and, like, it's not like she said great things to him either. Uh, but still, I don't know. That that was just one of those scenes that stood out to me. I'm like, this is fantastically done. And it's, it's such a simple scene, but it's just so well-written and so well-directed and so well-acted that it's just one of those scenes that standed out that standard that stood out to me um so well uh, in the film i don't know what, what's a scene you really loved well, let's just go this way let's cause, well i think oh, we'll yeah. save the last 10 minutes or so for the final thing we talk about because i we'll talk about it but uh <laughs> i mean i don't know nothing's coming to come to mind right now no i i, I was um you're putting me on the spot yeah, well, I can mention another one. I don't one. know, I can't think of it. Um, of course, uh, the scene that you've, I've, like, I'm sure you, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen parts of the scene, uh, but where it's such a great introduction to Sebastian where he is playing those, those uh, carols, Christmas carols, that's what I'm looking for. I can't, I can't think. Uh, he's, praying, he's playing the Christmas carols, and then eventually he breaks out into uh, me and Sebastian's theme. And it's just such like a great shift from that. And then you just hear that note and then eventually just the spotlight coming down on him. And just overall, the piece of music is beautiful and just absolutely right. gorgeous. Um, and the fact that he actually played that from not knowing how to play piano at all. Good on you, Ryan Gosling. Holy crap. Because I, I've tried learning piano. It's not easy. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that I love that scene. Um, and I also, I also love uh, the fact that J.K. Simmons is just in there. You know, yeah, just for <laughs> just like, like a split second in that film. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, he won an Academy Award for Whiplash, yeah. the director's previous film. So it's just kind of like that neat, you know, nod to that. Yeah. I just, I just love that he's in there to just, and then. Uh, I suppose that's in the end sequence, but like when they do that kind of like oh, yeah. revisiting of it, and yeah. then he like blocks their path, and then he just starts. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, it's amazing. What if what if he wins best supporting actor for this movie? How great would that be? They're like, we just love you guys working together, just work together on everything. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Thinking. Uh, oh God, how did we not talk about this? Uh. Rebel Without a Cause slash Planetarium scene. Amazing. Um, there's just that moment. Like, I don't know. I, I've seen it twice now, and I can't... Obviously, she's not... She's obviously not really hearing the song on the radio. Right? Or whatever the, the music in the restaurant. Because she's with that guy. She's dating Charlie, who's played by... Charlie? Is that his name? I think so. Uh, played by the guy from The Big Short. And 
they're sitting in the restaurant with her, his brother and stuff and his wife and she hears the music on the overhead speakers her her and sebastian's theme I'm like there's no way she's actually hearing that but what are they no, trying uh, to say in that i guess i don't know what what it was that she realized that she no i like i under her. i understand no like i understand i misspoke okay <laughs> i understand what they're trying to say i don't understand <laughs> what it was that triggered that then i don't know weird don't, weird nitpick anything that triggered it i think it's just her mind wandering because she her was mind wandering. bored okay. by the conversation i can then... i can accept that <laughs> i uh no yeah i was just like i didn't even think about that until just now i'm like she obviously wasn't hearing that <laughs> like um, i don't know weird weird moment but then you know they go to the movie and uh then they end up going to the observatory and the planetary planetarium scene Oh my god. Did you see when they were dancing in the sky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Oh my god, man. I that this is another point that I like actually like not audition crying, but like like actually just was like this is just gorgeous. Like just even starting with uh, the scene before the planetarium where they are dancing to the thing in an observatory i don't know what it is but it's uh like you know it's like going back and forth i don't know what those are called some science thing science nerds tell us in the comments (laughs) um no that scene uh i loved it uh planetarium of course yeah i just it was one of those moments where like you said uh with uh a lovely night where they're obviously hearkening back to those old uh, musicals you know he they throw the handkerchief up in the air and they both look at the camera and then he throws her up in the air and yeah that that part i just really loved like because like it, it's obvious wire work yeah but i think the fact that it's obvious is what makes it so charming yes. you know yeah they could they could have obviously made it seamless but they're just like no we're gonna Go all in on this classic Hollywood vibe. Oh my god, man. Oh, I love this movie so much. I can't even take it how much I love this movie. Um, yeah, so those are highlights. Summer montage, very good. Uh, the music as well. Um, for that montage, that's another piece that I listen to a lot. Um, do you want to go on to the ending? You want to go to those last 10 minutes? Some of the best 10 minutes of filmmaking I have ever seen in my life. Oh my god, Aaron! <laughs> okay, so let's let's start, of course. Uh, doesn't go to Paris with her. Uh, comes five years later. It's the epilogue of the film. You know, she, she's married. She has a kid. Um, and it was right when they showed that kid that I'm like, they're not ending up together. Like, when, yep. she, when they're... Uh, when they show the husband, she has the husband. I'm like, oh, they're not, they're not gonna do like a Titanic thing, are they? Please tell me they're not gonna do a Titanic thing. Oh, Jack's the only one who mattered to me. No, not this husband I've had for ever. Um, <laughs> and then as soon as they show that kid, I'm like, no, like this is not ending like I thought it would. Um, I don't know. Is that when you probably realized too? Well, I mean, that's when I realized that they weren't gonna go for that happy ending. But I also kind of assumed that it wasn't going to have a perfect ending going in just because I feel like 
from what I've heard about wish, uh, Whiplash, it's like a pretty dark look at what it takes to achieve success. And obviously, this is not as that. It's no. not nearly as dark as that. Have you but... seen Whiplash? No, I have not seen it yet. I actually I to watch. It, I actually but... just bought it. It came in the mail the other day, so I have to watch that soon. But yeah, it's definitely yeah. been like on the. It's been like a top of the list of films I need to get to. It's just I haven't found like a copy as or cheap enough. As soon as I saw this, I was like, I need to watch Whiplash like right now. <laughs> like, if this is what Damien Chazelle can do, man, I need to see more. Um, but yeah, I figured the yeah. ending would have that kind of dark touch, even though it's it it also is also it's not like that dark because there is something kind of. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of word I'm looking for here, but just that that final moment between the two of them. There, it, it's like you're not sad for them, you know. No, it's it's very. I wasn't. Some people yeah, are. That's what I was looking for. Um, there's I've heard not like theories, but just like interpretations of it at the end that Ryan got uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Yeah, Sebastian is not happy by the end. Like, he has his, like, club, but, you know, like, I don't remember what they referenced, and I'll have to see it again to really know what they're talking about, but it's when he's in his apartment, you know, they're showing her life, and she's very happy with her husband and her kid, and he's in his apartment, it's still just as, like, cluttered as it was at the beginning of the film, and he has, he's, like, has no smile on his face. He's just making eggs or whatever, and he's just, this is his life. Um, which is an interesting interpretation to it. That's not what I got from it at all. Um, I mean, I, I think that's kind of the point of the ending, though, is that they don't get everything they want. Right. And I think part. I think obviously Sebastian still has feelings for her. Right. So and she I does for him, obviously clearly, too. <laughs> yeah, but he's still he's definitely then upset. Yeah. That she's off and she's married and she has a kid. Right. But I also think I don't know that he's not that happy. At the end, he's like. He can be content with the knowledge, that, you know, that they have this mutual respect for one another. Yeah. They have this, they, they have a respect for what they once had. They have a respect that now both of them have achieved their dreams more or less. So I don't think he, like, it's a depressing end. No, 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 no. I do think he's definitely upset about how the relationship turned out. And that's part of the point of the dream sequence, or the dance sequence. Yeah. And oh my God, man. It, it's... Just like earlier in the film, like everything that happens in this movie is telegraphed earlier, which is awesome to me. Um, where, he's, where he says, like, you know, they, they didn't, they couldn't speak the same language. They spoke through music. And just that final sequence where he speaks to her through music is like, I should have went with you to Paris. I should have kissed you that night. Like all this stuff. It's just like, oh my God. Like it's just so emotional. And all these things, like, and just them going through every set piece in the film but like as if it was an old school musical or it, it's just awesome like you know they they go through that door after the jk simmons part and then there's another day of sun or there are people dancing on the highway and then they have uh, the audition song uh which is beautifully shot with shadows and light and stuff like that um and then there's you know the uh the dance sequence again. I can't remember the names for some reason right now. Lovely night. Lovely night. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, just that whole moment. And then when they do go to Paris and all of that, like, obvious set work, that is so, like, 
like I forgot you said it earlier. Some I forgot how you said it, but it it like I forgot how I said it too. It <laughs> it yeah, like you said. I'm assuming you said something to the effect of it harkens back to old school musicals and how their their set work was obvious and ah, God, just everything about that last ten minutes. There are no complaints. My only complaint now, Aaron, with those last 10 minutes, is the second time I saw it, there were people behind us that were talking throughout the entire movie. But this is when they decided to really start talking. I'm like, how can you be talking through this? And it was right when, well, it's that, the moment where he's like, welcome to Sebs or whatever, and he goes and sits down and like, you're just waiting. Because like, you know what's coming. You know what song he's going to play. And as soon as that first note happens, again, tears for me. But the people behind us, as before he hits that note, they're like, he's going to play the song. He's gonna, is he going to play the song? Is that, is, the, oh, is he, is he, he going to play that one? And I, the only time I've ever shushed someone in a theater, I just go back, and I'm like, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, shut up. Like, I realize you need to talk to fill your endless void of a life with something that like gets your mind off of art that make make you think about something other than your vapid existence. But please, please not during a movie. Please. <laughs> like Oh my god. I was so angry. I'm like just shut up, please. But I don't know. Yeah, no, they're, they're the worst. Yeah, no, they're not the worst people in all yeah, yeah. People <laughs> no, I obviously—they're obviously not the worst. I feel more sorry no, they, for them than are. anything. One hundred percent serious. Yeah. They're the worst people to ever. Um, <laughs> my God, what, what do you have to say about the the epilogue? Uh, I think I pretty much said it. Where I just I just love that bittersweet note that they end on. You know, just yeah. I really just kind of love that kind of representation of relationships when you can have that kind of mutual respect for one another even if you're not actually mm-hmm. romantically together anymore you know mm-hmm. like it's kind of this it shows how mature they are and how they've grown over the course and like what they meant to each other not just like, yeah that's a really incredible note to end on i also think the fact that he smiles first is very telling of his character's ending where like i think he like he obviously realizes he messed up but he's like you know just kind of have to live with it so you know have a good life or whatever and that sounds really passive aggressive have a good life but you know what i mean obviously no he because he's he's obviously happy for her even yeah if he doesn't get everything yeah he wants yeah <sighs> aaron yes La La Land is what I would call a masterpiece of filmmaking. Um, I really wish we would have done the top 10 movies later because this would definitely crack the top 10. Um, oh, top 10 oh, of all time. Yeah, yeah, top 10 of all time. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I am not even kidding. This is one of the most impactful films in my life that I've ever seen. Um, like we said, it's themes of, of dreams and, uh, making it and love and 
all that all work together to just make something that I was deeply touched by. Um, and I mean, obviously, I it's not just like one thing. It's not the Winter Soldier effect where I see it and I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, it's not the Winter Soldier effect where I see it and then I say things like this. Hey, that's pretty good. Should have had that on. Nope. Should have had that on. Ready. Um, It's not that effect, uh, because I saw it the second time. Loved it just as much, if not more. You know, the soundtrack uh, is obviously great. I got it on vinyl, thank God, because I cannot wait to play the bejesus out of that. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. Closing thoughts? Allow all end? I mean, as I said before, I don't think I'm quite as enamored with this film as no, you are no that's all right plays it anywhere near my top 10 of all time you know it's my number one for the year but and and i i still have not written the final like four films for my top 10 list for the errands so i'm like i'm still debating like is the witch gonna you know pull an upset victory after all because mm. I, I i think i i obviously agree that it is a great film so many great elements uh all the things we talked about the the soundtrack the acting the cinematography the you know the themes as well as you know the emotional impact and i do think it is a really powerful message especially for people who are aspiring to be artists but i don't know i just also think yeah maybe it's too pretentious <laughs> I don't know if pretension I, I would be the biggest. Yeah. I'm just, I was just hoping to anger you. It doesn't anger me. I'm like, I just don't think pretension is the film's problem in any way. Like, there are moments where I'm like, maybe, but not like the film as a whole. But, um, no, I mean, that's all right. I mean, obviously, I love The Witch as well. Uh, my number two film of the year. But uh, let's let's see uh, Best Picture now, can we? I mean, just, I'm just saying, those <laughs> two are really close. But yeah. that is more of a testament to how great, how much I love The Witch yeah. than it is to say that I, I'm not. Right. I mean, yeah, you love, you freaking love The Witch. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, that's your, so and even the fact did... that La La Land can meet that standard and, and as of now surpass it. Is a... Were you not the one who wrote in your Witch review that it's not an instant classic like It Follows I... and something yes. in, the Babadook? in The Babadook? I'm like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, how is this not an instant classic to Aaron? This is... I don't... There was just something... It it just didn't quite click when I first saw the film. But just the fact that it lingered so long in my mind afterwards, I'm just like, nope, this is this is great. Yeah. This is a great film. <sighs> so, yeah, see, that's that's a film who's, uh, my where my opinion only uh, grew. Mm-hmm over time as, as I began to mull it over. Because obviously you've seen this multiple times already. Mm-hmm. You saw it way before I did. I just saw this film. So right. maybe I need to just, you know, think maybe. about it some more and then I can, you know. Hey man, even if it's number two, well, no matter where you put it, I mean, obviously that's your opinion. But, um, or what's the, well, that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> For a movie I haven't seen yet. <laughs> Does anyone know that one? Um, uh, yeah, no. I, I mean, we're obviously not going to talk about The Witch in one of these because, you know, 
the that. academy. No. Uh, but we will say in this in this La La Land discussion, if you haven't seen The Witch, both a recommendation from me and Aaron. Um, Aaron, thanks for talking about La La Land with me. I mean, the best film of 2016, the best film of quite a few years now. Um, I definitely wouldn't agree to that, but oh God. It is I'm like thinking. I'm like, what was my favorite film of 2015? Big Short, better than Big Short. What's my favorite film of 2013 or 2014? Birdman, better than Birdman. I friggin' love Birdman, but I'm like, I like it more. And then I'm just like, and then obviously, like Silver Linings Playbook. I like it better than that. Like, <laughs> and these are films that, you, as you've discussed in the main podcast, those are ones that made your top ten. Yeah, I know. So that's why I'm like, I just I can't, man. Um, whereas I'm just like. My top film of 2015 was It Follows. Is this better than It Follows? No. Okay. <laughs> I love It Follows, don't get me wrong, but that's nowhere near my top 10 for even 2015, honestly. Well, you're... I might need, you're, to, wa- I might need to watch it again now that I'm more versed like, in horror, but... I've seen it three or four times now. Aaron. So I just rewatched it with some friends recently. For rambling. Yes. Guys, if you haven't seen La La Land, go see it. This might seem a bit presumptuous to you, doing a best uh, picture podcast series. Well, nominees will be announced on Tuesday. Yeah, so, I mean, this will come out before that, but come on, guys. It's going to be nominated for best picture. It's going to probably win best picture. But, like I've said, I'll be okay with Moonlight or Manchester by the Sea winning. Which we'll probably talk about Moonlight. You want to do a Moonlight next week? All right. Well, we'll talk about Moonlight next week for y- for all y'all. Till then, guys. Uh, podcast is up on Thursday. Uh, main pa- blah, 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 blah. main podcast next Monday. Moonlight, and then the next Thursday another podcast. That's just how it rolls around here. We do episodes. But thanks, guys, for listening to this weird La La Land ramble. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it, and we'll see you all again next week with a brand new episode. Goodbye.